0: And when we talk about this idea of diet culture and it's very ingrained in us that the number does have meaning and I think that's what's hard is in like the western culture we and, and maybe and maybe generationally too like we were raised kind of in that like 1980s like uber like low fat no fat diet, 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 Weight Watchers
1: world. I actually feel like in terms of controlling my food, uh, like I really feel like I've hit my stride with just really, really focusing on nourishing my body. I would say if anything, I'm, I'm just at the point where like, I could probably be eating better gaps of time throughout the day, but that's just because this current little place that I'm in, I'm very busy. This is the Well to You podcast.
0: And we are your hosts, Caitlin
1: and Sue. We are moms,
0: Pilates enthusiasts,
1: health coaches,
0: and supporters of all things wellness.
1: We are here to remind you that a holistic approach to wellness
0: allows you to thrive in a life of health, happiness, and vitality. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of the Well to You podcast. Today, Sue and I are going to talk about a topic that might be a little controversial to some, but is kind of near and dear to our hearts and also something we really deeply struggle with. So I want to start by saying that I don't think we have it all figured out, but these are some of the things that we work on. And what we want to talk about on today's episode is this idea of our own challenges and our clients' challenges around diet culture and what we see and how we see that affecting them, and then some of the ways that we ourselves are using for ourselves, and then also working with our clients to help heal that relationship around food, Um, which, you know, is kind of a tough topic to deal
1: with, wouldn't you say, my dear Sue over there? (laughs) I would say that, and I will say a couple of things. So I'll start out by putting, like, out there sort of my idiosyncrasies that I use not saying that this is what everyone should use, sort of this is what I have found over a lot of years that helped me um, break that a little bit. And one thing I do is I don't ever weigh myself. Um, And that took me a long time to figure out. Uh, And really what I decided was there was no number that I was going to be happy with. So why was I going to continue to put myself on the scale and then sort of put myself through that roller coaster? Because our body's weight, or weight, that doesn't make English sense, but (laughs) neither does that. Our, Our body weight fluctuates for a variety of reasons. You know, for me, like if I eat out, I can definitely tell that I hold more water weight. If... Um, it's super hot. I might My weight might drop because I sweat a lot out. For me, even, like, if I'm not taking care of my lymph system, I have more, like, bloat in my body. Um, so there are so many factors besides, like, what our actual weight is. Um, and that's not to say, like, I think for some people it maybe works to weigh themselves every so often just to see a trend. But my personal f- opinion and what I've seen over the years Is really in the end, if you want to have a relationship with your body that is about nourishing your body and blessing your body and taking care of this beautiful instrument that was given to you, um, the number really has to mean nothing. And for most people, I think it does mean something. So you got to, like, cut the ties so that it can't hold the power over you.
0: I think what's hard is, like and when we talk about this idea of diet culture and it's very ingrained in us that the number does have meaning and i think that's what's hard is in like the western culture we and and maybe and maybe generationally too like we were raised kind of in that like 1980s like uber like low fat no fat Diet, diet, diet. Weight Watchers world. Like I don't know about you, but I saw my mom always on Weight Watchers. Exercise. Um, Did you remember? Jazzercise? Jazzercise? Weight Watchers. You know, burn it off, burn it. Like, eat less, burn more. Eat less, burn more. Yes. Eat less, burn more. And Correct. It's, it is just the constant. And I think what's hard is we are both in the fitness industry too, and I will be the first to admit. And and this is where I have to be very honest with this conversation with our listeners is this is a huge struggle for me every single day. I do not have this figured out. I do not like to say or represent that I do because I struggle so hard with this. I am and forever will be a recovering anorexic. I am and forever will be Will have body dysmorphia and I fight it multiple times a day. I, even though I know I'm not supposed to weigh myself, I chronically weigh myself. It doesn't even, I like, I don't even know what the number on the scale says half the time. I just step onto it. It is like this. Even when I hide it, I go find it. It's like a drug for me. It's really, really, really bad. And I know it. I know, like, oh, the scale is hidden in the closet. And I know right. that I can go grab it at any point in time. And I do. I do go grab it. So I don't want to represent on this call for any freaking reason that I have this figured out. Because I struggle hard with it. And I'm really struggling hard with it right now because I am in that, like, very clear perimenopausal phase where my weight is creeping up and I am not as thin as I used to be. I'm strong, but I am not as thin as I used to be and it doesn't just drop off. And I'm struggling with it in my own mind of maybe I'm just not eating right. Maybe I'm eating too much. Maybe I'm not working out a lot because it is such a dysfunctional thing. Thought process that has become deeply embedded in my mind. So, and I and I think too, and what I see with my clients, and so this is where it's hard because I do also coach clients on this, and this is a good representation of like do as I say and not as I do, because I'm really good at helping guide others, but actually figuring it out for myself is also a little flip. But the thing that I have been talking to with my clients that also really struggle with this like eat less, work out more, mindset. Like reduce, restrict, cut it out, diet, diet, diet to and then more, more, more exercise to get to the lowest weight possible or or you have no value. We talked about this with Deborah. Um is um oh my god, last me train train time. Oh, if it's constantly in your mind It's creating a level of stress on your body, Mm -hmm. like any other chronic stressor. And we have Mm -hmm. talked about this on this show so many times, the effect that stress has on our bodies. And so chronically worrying and thinking about our food, our exercise, our calorie intake, all of those things, our weight, how we look, All of those things is the same exact kind of chronic stressor as like a really demanding job or a sick parent or anything. Our bodies can't delineate that you're thinking about something different or you're thinking about Mm -hmm. your weight or your food or anything. It is creating the same level of stress and it's creating the same Kind of, we talked about that like stress hormone gut cascade with Andrea. It's the same thing. And so breaking free from that cycle, breaking free from that chronic thinking around our diet and our weight and our food is such an important
1: step when it comes to our overall wellness. Mm-hmm. So I feel like maybe because I'm like a little older and wiser, I'm joking. I am a few years older than Caitlin. <laughs> I don't know how many. I'm 46 now. Are you turning? Did you turn 40 yet? Not yet. I have one-ish yes. more year. So a little older. I have 10 more months. <laughs> we're going to go a little older and a little wiser. I think really um, I actually feel like in terms of controlling my food, uh, like – I really feel like I've hit my stride with just really, um, really focusing on nourishing my body. Mm-hmm. I would say, if anything, I'm I'm just at the point where like um, I, I could probably be eating better. Gaps of time throughout the day, but that's just because this current little place that I'm in, I'm very busy. And so it's like I have been bringing like food to the studio and keeping it in the fridge, trying to like throw a snack in there. But um, I will say, number one, there's one scale in my house. And it is in the scariest, dirtiest, grossest laundry room that you will ever meet in my basement. And I only go there if I absolutely have to. So it was like the perfect place to put the scale because I don't ever want to go in there. Yeah. And I mean, for our listeners, we know that like um my husband is gone. And <laughs> um I'm gonna put this out there. I don't I live in an old house that was built in nineteen oh five. So last week. So we get these camel crickets in my basement, which are like these large, jumping crickets. Like so oh. if you have if you have a moist basement in New Jersey, you get those. And so when you step towards them, they get scared and they jump at you. Um, so fun. No. And then last week, I found two. I can't even say the words. Dead mice down there. So just. Find a place for your scale that you don't ever want to go. That, like, for me, like to go in there and pull out a scale from underneath the shelf feels like everything inside of me wants to cry. So that's where you got to put your scale. <laughs>
0: that's that's um, how you make your habits. Is you like scare the the, the, the Jesus out of you, <laughs> you and then and then it right, breaks the yes. habit. <laughs>
1: that's right. Yes. So I really haven't weighed myself since. Um, In my 20s. But I will say, um, I had this realization a couple of years ago. I was at a conference called Momentum Fest and I was in this workshop and it was about body image and all of that stuff. And I was like, wait a second. (laughs) The fact that I can't, won't weigh myself is actually probably a sign that I still have some work to do <laughs> because the fact that I have to make that choice to cut it out completely is maybe not the the healthiest all either, right? Like the fact that I can't step on and be like, okay, this is fine. But I think it's really just about figuring out like, I'm I'm never gonna be okay with that. And there's no rule in the world that says that I have to weigh myself, right? Yeah. And I know myself well enough to know that there's never a number that I will be satisfied with. Mm-hmm. So I'm not I'm not gonna bring that into my life. Um, but I feel like it's really, really freeing when you can figure out how to not weigh yourself. If you're someone who has that unhealthy relationship with the scale, I struggle a little bit more with, um, just how I feel about my body. For me, the body dysmorphia is not there all of the time, but it's the first sign that I'm too stressed, or that I my life feels out of control in my life. And I know, like, when I start being unhappy with the way my body looks, I have to do, like, a check of my life. What feels out of control in my life? Um, and so that doesn't make it easier to deal with. I'm yeah. just aware enough to know that when that happens, um, that that is. So now, interestingly, and I don't know how your studio was, Caitlin, but I don't have any mirrors in my studio at all. Mm-hmm. Zero I
0: did. Um, and I have, a I had like little mirrors, like, so people could like wet on yeah. their face, but I don't have, yes. um,
1: like a full dress. Yeah. Yeah. Because what I find is that when there's a mirror and I have lot, I have several clients who are constantly like, when are you going to put mirrors? I'm like, never. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what happens is when the mirror is there, um, you were not focused on how our body feels, right? Yeah. So, and it's the same idea with the scale. When the scale is there and the numbers are there, we're mm-hmm. not focused on how the food that we're eating makes our body feel. When yeah. we have mirrors where we're moving our body, we're not focusing on how good the movement makes our body feel. We're And it's guaranteed. Like, I remember sitting, and I think I probably talked about it on the podcast when it happened, but when Declan had his communion, I sat in that church, And I walked, I watched as people walked up for communion, right? And I noticed that every single woman stood up and adjusted their clothes. Mm -hmm. Not one man stood up and adjusted his clothes. Not one single one. Nobody picked a wedgie, no but every single woman every single woman was adjusting like their shirt or their skirt and it was a in a way of adjusting not like because you got rumpled while you sit it's it's adjusting because you're uncomfortable with how you feel you look mm-hmm. yeah and that really was like a really powerful moment for me and yeah I think it's like if we can get to the point where we can stand up and and know like it's a whatever we look like it's okay mm-hmm
0: I think, too, like, I mean, I think that here's a key point is like and I had this conversation with a client the other day is because she does want to lose weight. And I think I don't think that wanting to lose weight is a bad thing if you don't feel healthy in your body and you don't feel like the weight that you're at is um, optimal for your greater wellness. I mean, the reality is, is that there is. Like there are people that need to lose weight. That's the reality, right? Which is why, you know, we have conversations with them as health coaches of like, how can you support your body in a really healthy, sustainable way so that you feel great and maybe that. what comes along with that is weight loss, if that's your goal. But let that goal around weight loss be a healthy goal around weight loss because you just don't feel healthy or your blood pressure is too high or, you know, Mm -hmm. not just like, oh, I feel like I should be a certain weight. So I don't feel like having a goal around weight loss is a bad thing if it's um, like a productive goal around weight loss, not just like an obsessive goal around weight loss. Like for me, like, I am, again, I have I have an eating disorder. I just I still have it. I struggle with it. I have an issue. It's gotten worse. I'm still de- I'm dealing with it. For me, in my mind, I'm like, oh my god, I need to lose weight. And then I'm like, wait, why do I need to lose weight? Like, I why? And so I'm going through this whole internal struggle right now of like this just back of my mind, like you need to lose weight because that's something you've always said you need to do except for when I didn't need to lose weight and I needed to gain weight. But still, it was all, like so much of my life has been so focused on weight. So that is an issue. We're working on it. But the thing is, is like having a goal around weight loss. If it is a real realistic goal around weight loss for your total wellness and health, then I don't think it's a bad thing. And I also <laughs> don't believe that changing your mindset around diet culture or weighing yourself. If you're like, I have a goal around weight loss, but I'm not going to weigh myself. Or like, I don't feel the best in my body. So I want to change some things. Like, I, I don't think what we're saying here around breaking up with this diet culture is all of a sudden saying, I don't care. And I think Mm -hmm. that that is a misconception in people's minds is if you're like, well, I decided I'm not going to weigh myself or I decided that I'm not going to diet. That is not the same as going, well, fuck it. I don't care about how I feel and what I look like. You know, that's it. They're, They're two very different things. But unfortunately, what has been embedded in our mind is that if you're not dieting, then you don't care. And that's not mm-hmm. true. And so you made this really great point. I feel like this episode needs to be a two episodes, Sue. I really think that we have we'll so much to talk about, uh, on this topic. But like you, you said it. And I think that this is the kicker for me. And this is what has really been changing my relationship with food and breaking me out of that diet loop. I've never been a big dieter. I've been a food controller, so that's that's Mm -hmm. the difference. I'm not dieting. dieting. I have
1: gut issues,
0: so I'm not going. Caitlin, I'm not going to eat
1: that. You make a really good point that um, an eating disorder is not about food, right? So Mm -hmm. if we're talking about an eating disorder, it's about control. It is a thousand percent about control. Mm -hmm. It just happens that you decide that the thing you need to control is food, right? But I think that when we're talking about diet culture, right, as a whole, um, and you made a really good point. My guess is most of the people we're talking to here don't have over 50 pounds to lose, the ones that are really struggling with that number. So if you're someone who has a lot of weight to lose and it's actually a negative impact on your health, I don't think there's anything wrong with using the scale to help monitor that but i would highly recommend if if the numbers are triggering for you to create like an accountability buddy like so don't actually look at the number yeah. have of someone you trust look at the number and tell you how much you've lost yeah. but not the actual number right yeah. so we're not going to worry about whether the number is two hundred and thirty-three. What we're going to think about is the last from the last time we were weighed. It is now fifteen, and it's not mm-hmm. about how much goes down. It's about a trend. Yeah, are we moving downward? And that's for people that I feel like, because of health concerns, need to lose weight. Yeah. If you are someone who just wants to feel better about your body, but you don't have a big amount of weight that's impacting your health in a negative way, I'll be honest, like. You are much better off focusing on how you're moving your body, what you're putting into your body, what toxins are in your house, and you, and how much sleep you're getting, right? And how much water you're drinking. You look at those five things, you are going to feel so good that it doesn't even really matter if your body changes because the way you feel from the inside out is going to feel completely different. Your That's energy, true. you know, all of those things. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think so. That's such a key point, because I think that that's like the big like shift in my mind around all of this is when I and and how like I think this will kind of go into our we'll do a second episode on this topic because we're under a time crunch, people we um, are. My lashes are very about, important, friends. <laughs> it's thinking about food as nourishment. And Mm -hmm. so whether you're on a quote-unquote diet to lose reasonable weight if you need to, because we do know that the reality of how you lose weight is reducing input and Mm -hmm. increasing output, right? Okay. We know that that is just, that's just chemically true. Um, But thinking about the ways that we do that, whether it's maintaining, gaining, or losing, Doing it mm-hmm. from a place of nourishment and not just nourishment mm-hmm. from food, nourishment from hydration, nourishment from the energy around you, your environment, the toxins that you're removing, all of those things, nourishment from sleep, nourishment from mindset. It is all mm-hmm. of these things, nourishment from re- like releasing the stress that you carry around I shouldn't be eating that or I should be eating this, Mm -hmm. or this is not good for me. It's releasing the Mm -hmm. power and the stress that comes from those things. All of that is nourishing to your system. Mm -hmm. And so that has like completely changed my mindset of like, this is a bad food. I was raised in that Mm -hmm. world, we both were. That diet culture tells us, this is bad, this is good. Eat none of this, Mm -hmm. eat more of this. Don't eat that, do eat this, all of those things. If you can break free from the bounds of that thinking and think more about how am I nourishing my body? You know what? I really want that sweet treat. Is it going to be the most nourishing thing for me? Probably not. But from maybe an emotional standpoint, it's going to make me feel a little bit better. So let me just find a balance. It's that
1: 80-20 rule we always talk about. I think that it's like also changing the language, right? So nothing is a bad food. Like, for example, I love Brussels sprouts. I love how they taste all crispy, and right? Brussels sprouts and my body do not get along, right? (laughs) I feel horrible every time I I eat them. I
0: guess. I mean, I don't know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. But what I'm saying is like, uh, and maybe that's not the best example because Brussels sprouts is not a bad food, but I feel like Brussels sprouts is um, not just not, not congruent with my body right now. Right. So I think it's just looking at like what as a whole makes your body feel good. If you really love some chocolate and it doesn't yeah. make you feel bad, yeah. have some chocolate. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but not, don't eat the really, the thing that makes you feel like crap.
0: Yeah. Which is why I just don't. Just because like you want to eat. Go, right. And like, I and I that's where our emotions. French brie all the time ever again in my entire life. Do I love French brie? If I was like right. on my deathbed and didn't have to worry about the, <laughs> the French brie, <laughs> then I would be just eating a wheel of brie. But the reality yeah. is, is that that cannot happen because that is like yeah. poison to my yeah. body. So I don't eat yeah. it. But like, I also know, so and I guess I'm kind of lucky this way, sugar in my body don't get along very well. Like I love Skittles. I love them. Love them so much. I have like two Skittles and my stomach is shot. So I don't, I choose not to eat that because it doesn't make me feel Mm -hmm. good. But I know that now because Mm -hmm. I'm aware. Um, But I think that it's this, like you said, oh gosh,
1: there's so many more things we're going to talk about. We're going to do part two, people. Let's do this. I feel like we should, we're going to do part two, but I'd like to leave a challenge to our listeners. Yes. And between listening to this episode and part two, I want you to just pay attention to how you feel after you eat. Yes. And just take note in your phone, mm-hmm. in a notepad, however you want to do it. If you have a photographic memory, you don't even need to take notes, but pay attention. This makes me feel good. This does not make me feel good. How do I feel the next morning after I went out and had all the things, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so I just want you to pay attention to how food makes you feel. So can we shift how the importance of food is, like right now, like if you're thinking about diet culture, the importance of food is, is this food going to make me fat or not, right? Mm -hmm. But can Mm -hmm. we shift it to this food makes me feel amazing, this food does not. And some of the foods that make you feel bad might actually be what we would consider healthy foods, but let's get rid of like healthy, bad, good, and, and replace it with what makes you feel good. Yep. And then eliminating what makes you feel bad.
0: I like that. And then we're
1: coming back. And we're going to come
0: back with a couple of other tips that we have. So, you know, Sue mentioned that one of the things that she has that she's worked with around, you know, supporting this shift is not weighing herself, but there's a couple. And I talked about like how focusing more on that nourishment. Um, a couple other tips to help you break free from mm-hmm. that diet culture, constant go, go, go mindset and kill your relationship with food. This is a really important topic, and I feel like this is just the beginning. Um, That's right. But excited to dive in more in part two. Yes. That's right. Now go get your lashes done, you beautiful girl. I know,
1: right? It's like we have our priorities here. We cannot finish part two right now because two needs some new lashes.
0: Yeah, I get it. I get it. So.
1: And the irony is, I actually would have been fine. I I had the appointment in my phone twice on Sunday at four and Tuesday at four, and I showed up on Sunday at four. And you know that moment where you like walk in and you can see that you don't have an appointment on the person's face and you're like um well, i don't have an appointment right now do i and they're like we actually close in three minutes and i was like okay <laughs>
0: yeah. priorities you go get that taken care of the next time we yes. film this the part two if you watch the video you know sue so will have pretty lashes on
1: that's gorgeous. right hopefully i mean if we wait two weeks i won't but you know <laughs> yes
0: okay ladies well um or listeners please let us know in the comments um respond to us uh, on social media how your uh body feels
1: after you eat that's right yes you got it
0: all right all right Until part two Until
1: part two <laughs>
0: <laughs> did you love this episode
1: Support us by leaving a review and following us on Instagram at well to you podcast.
0: Get to know me, Caitlin, better on Instagram at Conscious underscore Core underscore Caitlin.
1: And me, Sue, at Opal underscore Wellness underscore Studio. We clearly love our underscores. <laughs> underscore that.